You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasse, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, and everyone here at Radio Maria Canada, thank you so much for joining us. Today's show has been taped, so no opportunity for calling in, but please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on those locations. And if you'd like to email us, we are at thh at radiomaria.ca. Please do subscribe to our podcast. We are the Health Hub on all your favorite podcast platforms. And you can also find each and every one of our podcasts on the Radio Maria Canada website, and on the which is radiomaria.ca, and on my website, which is kathybsa.com. We have a fascinating show today about the future of AI technology, where it may bridge, um, uh, bridge with conventional care, just a fascinating outlook on what may come down the pike in not too long. Our guest today is George Jorgalides, and he is the CEO and founder of Basis Health, a startup that automates healthcare planning using a data-driven, person-centered care approach that integrates effortlessly into our daily lives. George was previously a managing partner at XO, a technology and data-driven digital marketing agency working with brands including Disney, Amazon, SBE, Hakkasan, and Activision. Before that, he was the Venture Capital Fund Managing Partner for Curious Pictures, a production and entertainment company. George led and managed the company's corporate venture arm and incubator program focusing on media distribution investments and transmedia content George is just a great, great guy. He is very, very easy to listen to. He's passionate about what his company, Basis Health, is doing. Uh, and it's just a fascinating area of health and where, as I said, where where things are leading us. We talk about so much, like the current model of AI and what it offers us, uh, offers us the future of AI and where this might lead us and go hand in hand with the, um, the system as we know it now, the medical system as we know it now, and how BASIS strives to gap the uh, bridge the gap between wearables, the data, and actions that we can take for our better health. Please do stay tuned with us. You'll really enjoy this show. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Disappointment Can't avoid the delay But I don't have to make Feeling down and defeated The place that I stay Gonna rise to the moment Gonna speak to the ways Gonna push back the doubt That keeps dragging me down When I can't find a way (laughs) 
Continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back. As mentioned, today's show is being recorded, so no opportunity to speak to George, unfortunately. But again, please do follow us on our social sites. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we're at The Health Hub RMC on those occasions. George, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You are in a very interesting forward-thinking platform um, that is has really caught the attention of many people and what your company is doing to sort of broach technology versus, you know, execution is, is genius as far as I'm concerned. But before we get to uh, this great company that you've started, you have had other companies and you've, you've had an interesting history. How did you get to uh, the healthcare platform to this space in particular? Yeah, thanks for thanks for that intro. I appreciate your kind words. Um, I've I've uh, always been in one way or another involved in healthcare, health and wellness, or or performance optimization. I grew up in a, a very healthcare driven household. Um, family was in the healthcare industry. Um, I grew up uh, as an athlete. I was in, in track and field. Competed for my national team. Uh, spent two years in the army. Um, continued to um, uh, to do track. And, um, and then I did triathlon, I competed in triathlon, 
the first product that I ever did out of college was I worked with a team on a pacemaker. Um, that was probably one of my most formative experiences. Um, growing in the environment that I mentioned, I was I consider myself privileged to have been uh, given very good health literacy. And of course, being on sports teams, um, you get you get the opportunity to really understand what it means to be healthy, how to actually understand different metrics and um, and, you know, think long term, not just short term. But when I was working on the pacemaker project, we we spent uh, time going around to, to hospitals. And one experience I'll never forget is we went to UCLA Torrance. Um, I, I'm in Los Angeles and we spoke to a few surgeons and one of them. Uh, pointedly said he had just moved from Houston to this facility and he had um, done 14 amputations that week alone to people who are dealing with, you know, diabetes and other similar metabolic uh, illnesses. So that was, that was shocking to me because here we were, of course, trying to do something as a product that could save people who've already had a problem. But I realized that there's a massive issue in stopping helping people to avoid getting to that point to begin with uh the quality of life is just even if you if you can prevent death right or if you, even if you can prevent the progression of the illness um the the quality of life is just so significantly impacted um, and then i continued working in the um i gradually started working more and more towards closer to guiding people um two years ago i worked on a, a home testing system um for covid19 so we got that through the the um, a very intensive process to guide people once they got their negative or positive result, what exactly it meant for them and how, you know, how they could act on it, on the result. Um, and then I, I came to this point where it's the culmination of just, I, I also, in the, in the process, I also um, lost two very close people to me. So my, uh, my stepdad and my father-in-law within a five day span, both passed away from an instant heart attack. Oh, I'm sorry to hear and- that. And the, the, the thing that was, you know, shocking to me was that they had both had an annual exam completed within the last, you know, one to two months, each of them. So they got a clean bill of health. Um, and that was shocking in that, you know, we have, you know, amazing capabilities, but we're unable to guide people um, to avoid, you know, significant, like, obviously, a heart, heart attack is something that's a chronic condition. It's not something that just appears out of the blue. So that was one of the things that it just kept pushing me more and more towards finding ways to guide people and help them with the technology that we have today and with the data science background to try to help uh, people understand how to make better decisions every day. Um, and then the, the, the tipping point was during the pandemic, just seeing how wearable technology was just taking off. Uh, I mean, we had shipments of wearables doubled. Um, wearable technology now is... Um, equivalent to early days of mobile and we're looking at a much faster uh, growth i mean think 15 years ago living you know mo- mobile was barely taking off imagine your life today without a mobile phone right um and we're at a, we're at a similar infection point in time that in 10 years from now wearables will be um you know as 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 easy as of, a, of an afterthought that everyone has one uh, as mobile phones are today so looking ahead to that and understanding the capability that we're going to have on pretty much every person's hand, uh, arm, you know, depending on what kind of type of wearable it is. I, I see this massive potential for us to, to help people, you know, take control of their life and increase, improve their, the quality of life and health span. To what end with the wearables, um, interpreting data, 
or working with the healthcare system to educate doctors. I mean, with, with um, the very sad losses that you had, uh, they were given a bill of health, a clean bill of health, and then the lapse in time between checkup one and checkup two was enough time to have something occur. So are you, is, is your point of focus with the medical system? Um, so I think, I think the medical system is, I'm, I'm not, I'm not suggesting the medical system was at, was at fault necessarily. I mm-hmm. think the system itself, the way it's set up. So if, if we look at doctors today, probably have to take, you know, depending on the profession, they might even have to take six appointments an hour just to, you know, get a profit from, from their, uh, practice. Um, so looking at situations like that, it's clear that the, it's not that the, the incentives in some way aren't aligned. Um, and there's almost zero time for a doctor between appointment one and appointment two to spend any time understanding anything about George specifically. So we see a massive opportunity with wearables to fill in the gap, not only for the doctor to have some kind of interpretation and some kind of uh, guidance on what's exactly happened or even alerts maybe, but more importantly for the, on the, on the, on the person side, um, they get the ability to understand the, the implications of their day-to-day actions in a way that wasn't possible before. So we can, we can very objectively understand the impact, for example, of uh, inactivity now. Um, we can um, very objectively understand increased cardiovascular risk to some extent based on, you know, different, um, different behaviors within your um, resting heart rate, within, you know, heart arrhythmias. Uh, there's all these, uh, you know, incredible things that we're able to do just based off of wearable data that allow us then to divert you to the next step of care, which is obviously the, the, the medical system and your, your, your general practitioner or some specialist. Um, but so you're not looking at an integration of, here's my test, here's my CBC, uh, integrating that into AI, carrying on with your day, and then the red lights flashing when the worlds collide and something is starting to happen. It's completely um, accountability for the user and teaching them how to use basically their biohacking and bioinformatics, bioinformatics, is that the right word? Uh, The information they're getting from their wearables, you're trying to teach them how to interpret that? We're trying to give them... We're trying to give them value from from that data. So we're already seeing a massive increase in interest for wellness. So people are looking, increasingly looking to personalize their health. Uh, They're increasingly looking to understand their bodies. And to a large extent, they're buying wearables. And they're trying to fulfill, they're trying to fill in the gaps. But today, those wearables pretty much give them numbers that unless they have some kind of formal uh, health education, it's pretty unlikely that they're going to understand how to put that to use. For example, resting heart rates, HRV, uh, average heart rate. Um, you have, you have a number of different, even blood pressure metrics. People don't understand what's a good or bad unless they have, they've had issues for years. So we're, we're trying to put those things in practice because we think, and, and actually we don't think it's um, big insurance, like the executives at major insurance carriers, um, a big part of the medical uh, system has come out and said that we need to change habits. We need to improve. We need to make healthier lifestyles. And our hypothesis is that we have this amazing technology. Now we have the ability to empower people to, to a large extent. It's also health literacy, understanding how to put that information to use um, and make better decisions every day. 
um, as well as being able to catch something um, before it, 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 it trends in a direction that, um, you know, it turns into like a, a significant health event. So just going through the process of all this, at some point you have to have the healthcare system on board. Do you not to have this a complete circle? Mm-hmm. Yes. So someone comes in with, um, you know, I've been, this is the information I've been getting on a day-to-day basis. My heart rate seems to be ticking up. Then the healthcare system in the best of all worlds steps in, in a manner that they're going to support this person. Is that what you envision? Uh, the healthcare system to work as? Yeah. So, so to, to clarify, in the short term, we're purely focused on improving people's wellness and and non non kind of like um, medical emergency type things. But the way we envision it moving forward is we've already built models that allow us to understand. We haven't deployed them yet. They require um, much more uh, validation. But the the way that we look at it is we can get to a point where we can see that you're at an increased risk for some kind of cardiovascular event, let's say. And in that event, we say we, we will, the system will never objectively say you, you're going to have a cardiac event. You can identify it. You can let the user know, um, let them um, fulfill a test, a home test, or even connect with their GP. Um, and then the actions can be taken there to prevent, to, under, to, to validate whether that event is actually at risk of happening. Um, and then take whatever corrective action is needed. Um, but in an even more ideal world, you've already been able to correct the behavior through day-to-day behavioral change and just um, uh, uh, wellness guidance that uh, unless in situations where it's already been trending uh, in a negative way, you've been able to support people to, to, to get on the, on the right track. So on your website, you say the future of healthcare is personalized, proactive, and autonomous. Um, what do you mean by that then? That's the same idea, correct? Taking what we're talking about here is accountability, is it not? Um, it's empowerment plus accountability. So I really think that I don't think there's anyone who doesn't want to be healthy or doesn't want to be a healthier version of themselves, whatever healthy means for them. Right. Uh Um, But I don't think we're empowered, uh, in a way that today we understand how to be healthy. I think there's a lot of content, obviously, but the way we live our lives, it's very tough uh, to understand um, every single day how to make the right actions. And that's, that's the beauty of AI is that AI can do the things that, um, that the human mind just doesn't want to deal with, which is massive data processing every day. <laughs> um, and this is where your specialty lies and taking all of this information and what, turning it into programs or is it signaling somebody that something is on the horizon what is it that you're doing with the AI? I'll give, I'll give you some examples. So we've there's there's several biological systems that we can use wearable data as proxies of to to estimate and, and give users uh, insight into what's going on in their bodies. For example, circadian rhythm, responsible for a number of potentially secondary um, uh, like um, as as a byproduct of let's say. Uh, circadian rhythm non-synchronicity if you're not living according to the the optimal times or um, um, just in general completely out of sync you're putting yourself at at increased cardiovascular risk increased risk for for stress um, especially for people who already have some kind of um, uh, psychiatric condition even even bigger risk so we're we're using wearable data to create uh, an energy 
schedule of every single day. So what does your circadian rhythm look like today? At these times, these, these are the times that you're going to have your, um, your most energy in the day, your least energy. And importantly, this is the time that um, according to your chronotype, you should be going to sleep. Um, and we found that people who, who start optimizing their day around that have much, much lower stress levels. Um, and obviously um, have a chance of improving uh, their sleep and overall energy and overall recovery. All of those things are important when it comes to chronic, uh, placing chronic stress on the body, which then responds with inflammation and all these other, you know, secondary order um, issues that create long-term illness. Um, similarly, um, for people who are um, looking to lose weight, right? Um, big, big challenge. We're, we're always trying to find ways to empower people. It's such a complex issue. Um, things that we're exploring, there's things like a hunger rhythm. So throughout the day, another circadian-related circadian um, rhythm, um, under giving empowering people to understand that you know no matter what, your your hunger will likely continue to increase throughout the day until you, until later in the evening. Um, when it comes to um, many of the wearables, um, give you a readiness score. Many of the people we've spoken to, we've, we've done almost 500 user interviews uh, at this stage. Um, and many of the people say, I love my, I love the fact that I have this data, but to be honest, I don't have any value for it for just a score. So telling you, you're, you're at an 80% readiness score. So we provide context around explaining to you the, what type of activity your body's capable of doing today. Obviously not, not for people who are looking for performance optimization, but also for people who are looking for overall health and wellness. Uh, so essentially using all that data that today is almost, I'm going to use a word that may or may not be true, but like in a way useless because people aren't putting it in to use in their life, right? Mm -hmm. They're not actioning, they're not actioning that in their life. We're trying to find ways to create a user experience and extrapolate additional models out of that that make you understand that a lot enable you and empower you to understand how to put that into use in your day-to-day -day life. Do you find, um, I know you're in early processes with your company, but do you find that at this point in this moment in time, there is only a certain, uh, certain type of person that is using these wearables. Do you need to, um, push the process to the everyday person or are you finding that the everyday person is in fact using these wearables? Good question. So um, again, looking at a bit of the, a few of the metrics I, I mentioned before in terms of growth, we have about one in five people use some form of wearable or smart, um, smart wearable device. Um, now that includes, you know, things like smart watches. It includes smart rings, smart bands. So the, the, the definition is, is expanding. Um, and, everything suggests that over the next two years, we're going to have a doubling of that. So we're going to have almost, you know, one in three people um, have a word. Um, looking at many studies on who's exactly using uh, wearables, the, the, the preconceived notion was that it's people with a uh, more affluent background, but we're seeing that the majority is in the middle class and we're seeing, um, you know, lower income, uh, people are starting to to use some form of wearables. It doesn't have to be expensive ones. So the capability is coming to everyone. The cost of the devices is coming down. The capabilities of the device is going up. Um, so I think if if if, if I may say, um, when I look at ten years from now, I think that user generated health content would be the the way that we make our primary health and wellness decisions. Um, today, it's still to some extent 
um, medical appointments. Uh, but I think the continuity of the data, the real timeliness of the data, and the eventual improvement in the integrity and quality of the data, I think it's going to be so compelling that um, we're going to we're going to put a much bigger weight on how we make decisions about our, our long-term health and how doctors make decisions about our um, quality about our health status uh, using wearable devices. Now we see this push in integrative health, talking about account- accountability, talking about you know, understanding your body, understanding the system, uh, root cause, that's a big term. And this fits in perfectly to that. And now the education piece is, as you say, really lacking. People understand that, you know, I think are becoming more aware that they do have to take more accountability for their health. They are trying, but what you're doing is really, um, Spoon feeding the information, putting it into bite-sized pieces, and people are able to extrapolate what they need for that in their own life. I think it's great. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, George, I would love for you to take us through, you know, steps one, two, three, however many, and just give people a real understanding of how the process works. So everybody will be back in just a couple of minutes. Sun don't shine, shine. Too many passing dreams, roll by like limousines. It's hard to keep believing when it pass you by and by. Promises I never will forget. I never will forget. So hold on, hold on. The Lord ain't finished yet. Hold on, hold on. He'll get you through this. Hold on, hold on. These are the 
promises I never will forget I never will forget I know your heart been broke again I know your prayers ain't been answered yet You are listening to The Health Hub, here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back. We are talking with George. Say your last name for me. Jorgalidis. Jorgalidis. Okay, everybody, that is spelled much differently than it sounds. So I didn't want to butcher that. So we are talking with George, and it's this second half I'm really quite um, excited for you to get involved with because I really think, you know, George has laid the groundwork for his company, and you're really going to see the potential of where this can go. So, George, let's take it from step uh, one to whatever the number of steps is that you have in your plan and starting off with wearables. So, Let's start with the definition of a wearable. Hmm. Um, I think, you know, historically, you know, in, in very short history, uh, wearables was, you know, essentially encapsulated by an Apple watch. You could envision that essentially being the definition of it. Uh, obviously, um, yeah, you have things like Garmin, Fitbit, um, all, all fall within the smart watch category, different capabilities, different um, target populations in some sense. But obviously, more recently, we've had things like the Aura Ring, um, which is a ring, obviously, no screen, um, enables it to have a longer uh, battery life. And then things like the Smart Band, uh, Whoop. Uh, but even going beyond that, we have CGMs, so continuous glucose monitors. Very, you know, in the last two years, they've risen to prominence. Um, even more exciting, um, we have um, more, more Novell wearables that track your brain waves. Um, other ones that work based on sweat. And things that are even more excited on a personal level and, and uh, exploring on myself is uh, implantables. So, uh, you know, implantables obviously have some kind of controversy around them, especially with um, concerns around uh, privacy. But the, the big promise there is uh, very long form tracking. There's no user error. You can't forget to charge it. You can't forget to wear it. Uh, the integrity of the data is higher, meaning it's just working at the exact spot that it needs to be getting the highest quality data. So from a, from a health standpoint, from a health data standpoint, you're getting the absolute best data. Um, and I think moving forward, that's really uh, a space where we're going to be enabled to have very continuous data, which is one of the issues that is um, stopping wearables from completely taking over um, certain parts of health. Well, I, I even see, you know, to that extent, people with diagnosed health issues 
for safety reasons, for their own peace of mind, where a suggested type of wearable or in the future an implant may give great comfort for some people. And it may be, you know, at that point, doctor prescribed, and we're talking down the road. Um, But so people have the wearable. Let's go through a day of working with the wearable and what your company is offering. So 5 a.m., they put on their watch. And then what? Well, ideally, they slept with it. (laughs) Okay, they've slept with their watch. (laughs) That watch doesn't get removed. (laughs) So uh, it's important. Tracking sleep is is important. Uh, Actually, there's a lot of um, the, the, the sleep itself sets the stage um, it's funny. It's funny when you actually look at the data how how important sleep is. <clears throat> so the sleep sets the stage for the rest of the day. <clears throat> so you have uh, understanding how well recovered a person is. So so as soon as they wake up, we can understand how have they recovered, how well did they sleep, uh, and then we can start extrapolating information based on similar days that they slept in that way or based on that recovery. What type of um, activities? What what level of stress? Um, what what does their day ahead look like? So we can inform people based on historically for their own individual body, what could, what can they look forward to and what adjustments can they make to improve their day or even you know enhance a day that's um, otherwise expected to be lethargic or let's say they didn't sleep well. <clears throat> As they progress through the day, what, what our uh, product does is we can identify elevated stress levels and at that point we can intervene and say, I notify you to be aware, because many times um, what we've identified is that wearable data will actually start trending towards a direction before people understand something going on in their body. COVID actually is a good example. So there's been a study done by Aura Ring, and, and I'm, you know, luckily, luckily or unluckily, I was able to verify this myself. Um, body temperature starts going up by an imperceptible um, uh, degree um, the day before you start showing serious signs of COVID. Um, And that's something where you can let people know one day ahead of time and start taking, you know, one day ahead or even hours ahead of stress can be a a major uh, time saver and a a game changer when it comes to improving, um, uh, you know, like the the downward trend of any type of illness or or stress uh, outcome. So um, even when it comes to your, your exercise, many people are trying to understand, okay, should I exercise today? And if I should, what, how, how intense or how, how much activity should I be doing today? Um, so that's another piece where your wearable data is actually giving us an insight into what, what's the maximum intensity, minimal intensity, or if you, if you, even if you should be working out today. Um, all these things have implications that then it's like a domino puzzle. It keeps going and going. So this, this, this has implications to how well you can sleep at the end of the day um, and how much recovery you need at the end of the day. Uh, there's implications by what time should you be eating? Um, so there's, there's all these things, every single decision you make in the day, to some extent, there's some information we're getting and we can give you guidance on how to improve it to have a more energetic day, to have a less stressful day, to have a more productive day or you know, in other cases where you're looking to improve athletic performance, to understand how to maximize uh, your energy and your recovery um, so that you can be your optimal self. Um, Small side note here, um, we've seen studies of Olympic athletes 
who naturally have their kind of like early birds versus night owls. So the early birds, if they're racing in, in earlier races, tend to outperform um, their you know night owl counterparts. So this understanding what what your own unique biology is, and again, wearable data gives us that capability, is a game changer when it comes to improving our own you know human experience. Right? Like we want to, we say health, but actually it's our entire experience. Um, this health data can empower us to be more successful at work, to be happier, right? Like reducing our stress levels isn't just about health. It's also about feeling happier. Uh, so there's all these amazing things that you can uh, extract and, and, and um, enrich and educate your day around wearable data. Are, are you, is your technology giving people a moment in time, 24 hour update so that you've got to be sort of tied to some information source or is it a printout or a, an email in the morning saying this is what the night has held and this is where we see your day? How how tied to information do we need to be? Well, we the way our product works, it's a it's a mobile application and it's real time, so it's continuously looking at your data. Um, it's looking at you know fourteen day trends. It's looking at historical tra- uh, data. It's looking at, uh, you know, weighted averages based on the specific day of the week. So on Mondays, you tend to have you know, this type of behavior, uh, but it's also looking at real time. So what happened in the last 30 minutes? Uh, what's going on right now? So we're trying to be very, um, very proactive um, and continuously learn from that individual user's experience. Um, yeah, so. Then, okay, so. um uh, there, you're getting this information on a continual basis, uh, individualized. So when someone is going to your company and wanting to be involved with your product, are they doing an extremely detailed intake so that you know how to direct the information? You know, you're working with an athlete. They may want to shave, uh, you know, one one hundredth off of their, their running time, whereas the next person may want to bring their blood pressure down. So how is the information garnered to each individual or is it simply getting people to understand what the information is? Yeah, great question. Um, at this stage, it's the latter. So we're, we're just trying to empower people to understand um, information relative to their own baselines and trends, right? Okay. Um, so for example, um, when it comes to your, um, uh, your workout capacity, um, we're helping you understand not just how recovered we can see that your body is just, you know, physiologically, but also helping you understand on, a, on similar days, what were you able to accomplish? Um, so we're helping you understand for your own unique cases, but goals are definitely in the pipeline, mm-hmm. um, but they're obviously much, much more complex. And like, if we're going to do a good job with goals, we need to, um, we need to work with, you know, um, some of the, uh, we're already working with, um, um, people on from, from an athletic performance standpoint, um, and, um, um, from a stress management standpoint, those are kind of our next, uh, and their next areas of focus, helping empower people who are trying to, um, address those, um, those concerns. It's a fascinating, fascinating possibility, possibility, all this information. So right now we're dealing with set metrics. And then the other question, well, there are two questions that I think, um, you know, pop into my mind. First is the privacy issue that I'm sure you have to get everyone to sign off on, but maybe you can touch on that. Mm-hmm. And second, where is the line between obsessiveness with your health and knowledge-based movement in your health? 
yeah. So on, on the privacy thing first, um, of course we we adhere to um, just just being published on any app store. There's a number of um, privacy related uh, notes and conditions you need to meet. But um, then from from an in, from our own standpoint, we we follow um, extensive security measures, the uh, identification uh, from from our standpoint to some extent. Um, so, so we protect the users' data is protected from uh, obviously from access from our end, um, and with respect to um, the obsessiveness. So, I think the obsessiveness comes when you have to look at the data and interpret it. You have to spend time. I mean, we have users who told us that we solved a pain point, and these again, these may not be your everyday person, right? Uh, but we create spreadsheets, um, trying to extrapolate the data and understand. Uh, they build their own models to understand what does their data say. Um, they're going and seeking consultation from experts to understand how to use their data. So <clears throat> we have people that are spending a lot of time, energy, and money before our product comes to comes to uh, the world. Um, to to uh, almost to an extent obsessive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the premise of, of having data that's passively, I think that's a, that's a key word right there. Like it's passively gathered. You don't have to do anything. Like the data will be, the information will be generated as long as you obviously have the wearable on you. So I think that creates the opportunity for another key piece in how we envision the future, this autonomous uh, component. So um, being able to take action on your behalf even without you having to, you know, um, uh, take the, the 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 effort to to make that action. Assuming you that's the action you want to take, I'll give you an example. Um, this is obviously again another some, somewhat very unique use case, but um, a user that has a person that has uh, smart uh, a smart lamp at home and a smart speaker. So, like let's say an Alexa uh, speaker um, can have a product like ours help them get into the state of sleeping at the right time by automatically reducing the, uh, dimming the lights and putting some kind of background audio. Mm-hmm. And then let's say they're an Apple watch user. You, there's, a, there's vibration frequencies that you can deliver through the watch um, that allows them to fall asleep faster. So many people have a challenge with falling asleep. A big part is because when, when the time comes to sleep, we're just not motivated to take the actions to actually put ourselves in the best, um, in the environment to fall asleep. So, you know, you can have an autonomous system that actually takes care of that. It's almost the same way as an autonomous, you know, driven car. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of these actions, obviously, that require a lot of, you know, communication with a lot of different um, um, appliances and a lot of different tools. Um, but, you know, even the ability to... Um, automatically schedule an appointment for you down the road with a doctor when when things uh, uh, when it looks like you might be at risk for some kind of cardiovascular event or even send a test at home. So there's a, there's a number of different things that that you that people can make decisions on their own how much they want to give the power to to uh, software to to reduce the stress on their life. But we're seeing that especially with busy professionals and busy professionals can be you know. Uh, you know, any type of, I mean, I think we're, we're all to some extent very busy uh, in our lives. We're seeing that people just don't have the time to prioritize to make decisions about their health. We're seeing every single component of healthcare 
health and wellness is being outsourced to some extent or being um, people are looking for ways to reduce the time and the effort they need to spend to put themselves in the position to be healthy. And sure, there's there's two schools of thought. One is maybe we should maybe we should stop doing that. But then there's the other side of, well, instead of trying to go against the grain, let's try to let's try to empower the people based on the way that they're behaving today. Mm-hmm. Well explained. Now, are you yours is a software. Now, are you you're still in the beta? stage are you right now that's correct we've okay. we've been in beta we, we we continue to to learn um we're, we're very we're very white glove meaning we're we're working with the existing users we have um multiple times a week um giving them a lot of you know one-on-one time and uh, team time and um we're 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 getting we're getting ready to launch um in in the next uh, couple of weeks um oh, we've We've gotten to the point where we have enough users uh, that have, you know, exhibited the the right type of behavior, improved behavior, let's say. So improved the uh, uh, performance, improved the uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, the 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 sub- both subjective and objective, let's say, results have have proven to be at a, uh, in in a place where we're happy with. It. Um, Will you it, be pairing with any type of um, wearable? Or will you only be in tandem with you know, the big ones? We already integrate with many of, of the top ones. So uh, Oura Ring, Apple Watch, um, Fitbit, Garmin, Withings. Um, so many of the top ones we're already integrating with. Um, there's there's a few that we haven't yet, but we'll probably um, build the capacity to, to support them um, within 2022. So if someone buys, say, an Apple Watch, uh, will it pop up that they have the option to pair with your company for an in-depth analysis of the data that's being produced? They they would have to um, find us, download our okay. app, and then we allow them to pair whatever wearable they have. Um, and we're essentially, you know, as, as soon as that pairing happens, we're continuously, they, they can, and by the way, people can define what information they want to share with us. So let's say someone has some information on there that for whatever reason they, they feel they don't want to share, they can choose not to share that. But of course, depending on what data data type that is, that may uh, inhibit the, the ability of our product to, to give them value. Um, Do you have one wearable that you would suggest for your technology or is that going over the line a bit? Um, I, I, I'm going I, over the line a bit, eh? <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think I can. I can, uh, you know, say one, one or the other. I think th- the right answer to this, from my standpoint, is it really depends on the person, right? So, um, there's the Apple Watch, for example, is more than just a wearable device. It's more than just a health um, wearable. It has many other capabilities. So, if you're looking for a real, a true smart device, it has many more competencies than, let's say, an Aura or a Whoop. <laughs> At the same time. It's battery life suffers because of it. So you might want an Aura or a Whoop because they don't have a screen and you can wear them for multiple days without having to charge. From for some people, that's a big issue. Um, then there's the side of aesthetics. Like we're humans, we care a lot about social imaging. Um, so what do you like the most? At the end of the day, what I recommend is people buy the wearable that they'll wear the most because that's where the value comes from. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, if so, now, are you only launching in the U.S. or will your software be launched worldwide? It'll be worldwide, um, but we will be only on iOS to start. 
So for Android users, we'll, we'll, we'll still need a couple more months to get, get around to that. Is pricing something that you can discuss now or is it still in the workings? Um, we're, we're still trying to identify the, the, the right, it, it will be subscription-based, okay. um, but we're still trying to identify the right pricing point. Um, it, it'll be a very um, manageable, you know, sub $30 a month uh, between, you know, maybe even um, it, it'll, it'll be within the range of. Um, it'll be doable. Within the range of other iOS apps that okay. people are, are, are used to um, uh, paying on a subscription basis. Um, and uh, for the value that we're giving, um, you know, we believe that, you know, it, it might even be equivalent to like a, a cup of coffee, a single cup of coffee to get all mm-hmm. the all those analytics every month, all that. Now, all that will you have just a quick final question here? Will you have nutrition um, aspects on this or is this uh, strictly at this point interpretation? Uh, there, there are some, so we don't give nutritional guidance, but we do have some, you know, some insights that we can give you from a caloric expenditure, um, from a hunger rhythm. Um, so a few, a few things that we're learning that we can empower you uh, on your nutrition journey. Um, we do have an integration with um, a few nutrition um, uh, record. Like, so, so there's certain apps that you can input your nutrition, like what you ate. So we do have an integration with that and we can provide some analysis on that, but we've discovered that, you know, generally people aren't as, uh, because it's not passive, it's very active. Uh, mm-hmm. We've discovered that, of course, um, people don't do that consistently enough for us to give very good objective feedback on. So it's it's something that uh, really is there only for, for people who are very, um, very committed to inputting that information in. Okay. Now, uh, where can people find you and get some more information on BASIS? Yeah, so we're on uh, basishealth.io. Um, I know it's not a .com, it's a, a, a .io, input, output, uh, abbreviation. And um, you can also find us on socials, uh, basishealth. So B-A-S-I-S health. Wonderful. Very, very interesting. It's such a, a concept that it's time has come, obviously, I think. And uh, I wish you all the success because your success is just going to make so many people much healthier. So thank you so much for joining us and sharing what your company is doing. I think it's fabulous. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Everybody, we'll talk to you next week on The Health Hub. to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.